Welcome to the Men's Health Unscripted Podcast with Patrick and Cam. We're focused on everything on men's health, looking at your emotional, your physical, and your spiritual well-being. You're going to take care of that and make sure you keep on going. What's going on, guys? It's Pat and Cam for an awesome episode of Men's Health Unscripted. We have Chase Tuning. He's a super credentialed guy, so I'm going to run through some of the fun things that uh, that we're going to, well, just about him and then some of the fun things that we're going to talk about. So he's the host of the very popular Ever Forward Radio the founder of Operation Podcast. He's an Army veteran, and he's a certified health coach and wellness entrepreneur. So a lot of things that fit into the Men's Health Unscripted uh, circle. So Chase, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time out. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much, fellas, for having me. I always love getting plugged into you know any any platform, any audience, any group of people that are curious and committed to maintaining certain things in their life and their health internally and externally, but especially for, for guys. I, I think there are a lot of things out there that we are really doing well with. Um, definitely some room for some improvement in others. And so hopefully a few things I've learned over the years and a few things that I've applied in my own life can uh, really, really ring true for, for some guys out there listening today. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the classic, men's model right we're not going to the doctor till our arms falling off or uh you know it it's like until shit hits the fan we don't really do anything but we (laughs) yeah we handle so many other aspects of our life like in business or in work i mean we put these to the forefront but when it comes to ourselves you know we it seems like men lose it which is such a weird disconnect uh have you learned anything in your time coaching and and you know pursuing wellness that that is kind of like one of these factors for men that prevent them from seeking treatment? You know, I I think, well, a few things kind of come flooding to mind. And I remember now kind of going back into when I was daily in clinic. So I used to run a a health coaching practice. I was a wellness director for many years for a concierge medical practice. So guys coming in to seek acute chronic medical attention was my norm. But then I would have a unique time to sit down with them and really kind of unpack the beyond the okay my wife my partner my boss my family my whoever has just been really on me to come in and do this physical or get these labs or you know there's been this rash in my arm for six months i probably should have come in sooner or you know i had this significantly traumatic event to me happen that i have never really addressed, never really brought up. And, you know, now it's kind of knocking at the door. And and I think, I think pretty much every guy I ever encountered in clinic wanted help. They wanted to not feel a certain way. They wanted to, they wanted to be the man that they felt they knew was just beneath the surface. And I think traditionally for, you know, I'm in my late thirties now, I think for the generation above us, that model was kind of passed down to everything I just said, you know, you wait until it's knocking on the door, you wait until your arms falling off, or you wait until that rash spreads, or you wait until you're freaking out for, for no air quote here, known reason over little mundane daily tasks at work or with your family or in your own life. And you just know that there's something more to be understood. You know that there's something more to be to be learned and applied in a way that you don't have to repeat this cycle. But 
that was kind of the model set before us, I think, for for most guys in the generation above them and their father figure, maybe, you know, whatever kind of parental unit they had. And so I, I think whatever has happened from that generation to this one, something has kind of shaken up that snow globe a little bit. We're becoming more curious, but we're still we're still holding on to that in a lot of ways just because of a perceived norm. Um, I, I think thanks to maybe social media, thanks to the internet, thanks to just having way more communication regularly and way more access to certain things to become more aware of things in our life that maybe we don't want to hold on to anymore. I think we're finally getting rid of that model in a, in a lot of ways, but to kind of even go the other side of the coin, a lot of guys because of the access and because of the paradigm shift, because of the, the, you know, Google scholars that we have, and you know everybody who says I heard it on Huberman, I heard it on this podcast. Um, we're kind of soaking up, I think, too much, and we're doing a lot of things that can probably serve our health and our wellness in terms of physical and even mental. But we might be doing the wrong things. We might be doing things unnecessary for us. We might be taking matters too far into our hands without getting any kind of preliminary baseline information, and that would be, in my opinion going to get a physical, getting baseline metabolic panels, or even just understanding your own baseline. Many guys, I think, will just be so quick to change way too many variables because they see this version of another man, they hear another man, they, they read about another man having certain markers for success happen when they do A, B, and C. And so then they just adopt that. You know, they latch on to David Goggins' morning routine. They latch on to, you know, I, I love Huberman here. I'm not throwing him under the bus, but, you know, they latch on to whatever biohack they hear on Huberman Lab or, you know, anybody they follow on social media or hell, even in their community, in their gym, without getting their own baseline information, without understanding when they sit in stillness for five minutes, hell, even for five seconds, what comes up? Where do they feel amazing? Where do they feel anything but? Getting in tune with what your body's baseline is on your own, coupled with a physical, coupled with labs, is I think where most guys are doing themselves the biggest disservice. Because then it's an unfair kind of test, you know, they're adding in all these other hacks and routines and all these other things. And they feel some kind of way they feel like maybe it's not working, which then reduces adherence, which then makes everybody feel like what's the point. Um, and then we kind of build this friction or this level of disgruntledness against society and other men because of these standards that we can't uphold because they don't work for us because they're not meant for us. Yeah, I love that. And uh, kind of a, a point to what you just said is, you know, how many times and we can take anybody even listening how many times have you sat and taken 10 deep breaths just for yourself? I mean, how many people really do that? And uh, I, I found I'm a big yogi. So this is something I've learned over the past, like five, six years doing yoga. This wasn't incorporated into my life beforehand. So mm -hmm. I can imagine so many men out there who never get to experience just taking a few deep breaths for yourself. And uh, I noticed kind of creeping on your social media a little bit. You've been talking a lot about meditation, taking the time for yourself kind of seeing what comes up. And I think that it's so difficult because we have so many things around us that we can easily grab stimulation from. We can go pick up our phone. We can go hang out with friends. We can go to the bar. You know, we can do whatever we want, like, you know, stimulating activities that 
it really kind of pushes to the side that, hey, how do I just deal with me for the next five minutes, right? You know, that's a really good point. And yes, um, what you're seeing on my social media right now is I'm in week two of a daily meditation practice. Now I say personally, I've kind of had my own meditation practice for many years. I say I'm a walking meditator. And you know, for me, that's, um, I, I, I find that I get my best thoughts and my best way to connect with myself when I'm in motion, but not like a workout, you know, I need to be in just look, health coach chase coming back here, I need to be in my list, right? I need to be my low intensity, steady state training. So a long walk outdoors, kind of just detaching from the world, connecting with nature and myself. But right now I, I'm in a daily meditation practice. It's not long, you know, it's eight minutes every day. I should say at least four days a week. I'm trying for more. And that is really already showing dividends. Now, before I kind of get into more about the meditation practice, I understand for a lot of guys, for a lot of people, that's a very um, far-fetched thing and we can't quite get there yet. Hell, I've been in the industry, a health and fitness professional for over a decade and I've been doing all the things to, to better my wellness personally for about 17 years and it's taken me this long <laughs> to get into a daily meditation practice. So no shame there to anybody. But I, I think two things are happening. Men are disconnected from other men. We oh, yeah. 100%. do not, right? Shaking your head. 100%. We do not have, in my view of the, the male world right now, we do not have the right amount, the right quality, so right quality or quantity of other significant male relationships in our life. I can speak personally to that because I've noticed a drastic difference since getting out of the military. When I was active duty, you know, I served with men and women, but you know, they're just even something really unique to that, that male bonding experience, that level of camaraderie in, in military service. And anybody who served can definitely speak volumes to what I'm talking about. And so now being out, there's just this level of, can I trust you? Who should I trust? Who should I even reach out to? Where should I go? And which environment should I put myself to connect with a like-minded person, to connect with someone that is, you know, to kind of say, you know, a little bit above me that can really be a mentor, a coach, a teacher that has life lessons, professional lessons to pass down. But also I kind of like to live in this world of thirds, you know, kind of at my level, above my level and, you know, people that, you know, I, I can teach. I think that's another important aspect where men are, are struggling right now is, you know, who do we teach? Where are these other men, these younger men, a day younger, a decade younger, that we can pass back our lessons and be a mentor to and be a teacher to and be a coach to. So I really do think we're struggling with that because we are so disconnected in a connected world. We can DM, we can Snapchat, we can email, we can text, and we can feel like we're connecting, but I promise you it's not the same thing. So we're struggling there. But I think before we even get to unpack that struggle, we are struggling to connect with ourselves first. There is a level of knowing thyself that I think we have to get back to. And for many of us, we need to get to for the first time before we ever try to find our tribe, before we ever try to get out there and connect with other men, because what if it's not the right tribe? Or what if we invest all of this time and resources and 
lower our walls and become more vulnerable and share things about our life that is so unique in a man-to-man kind of friendship and relationship that if we had just spent a few moments, maybe a few days, a few weeks, unpacking that with ourselves, getting to know ourselves first, so that we know the right person to go looking for, I think that's how a lot of men wind up taking, you know, one step forward, two steps back. It's because they think they're doing the right thing. They think they're, or this is a men's group, or or, there's a lot of guys here that I think, you know, we're on the same page, and we're, we're in the same type or duration of relationship, we're in similar career fields, whatever it might be. But those are all just surface level. Those are just the, the surface level things that we think we're supposed to gravitate towards because our simple, simple amygdala brains, our simple male brains here just see, oh, they're like me. I'm like them. Boom. I should just keep going. But are they like you? Who are you? What do you like? What do you not like? What are you willing to give up in your life? What are you not willing to give up? What are your values? What do you need help with? What are you succeeding in? How do you know thyself first? If we can focus on that, I think finding the other types and quantities of men to build up our tribe is going to become significantly easier. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you there fully just because there's been studies that have recently been showing that I think since like 2019 or 2020 that men's men have reported self-reported that their close relationships have dropped from, you know, we'll say six to three. And a lot of guys say they don't even have three best friends that they feel like they can have a conversation with, you know, and, and we've said it a lot on the podcast too. It's like exactly what you said, very superficial relationships, cars, chicks, sports. I mean, you know, even if you, you know, I hit the, all the high notes. I mean, it's like, guys, we how, how we're perceived, you know, from the media is like Dick Pills hair loss. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. We're, we have so much more to offer than that. But when the perceptions start to crack down on you and you still don't have a, a group of people or relationships to kind of help pull you out of that or to kick things off of, it can go down. I mean, it can go down quick. It can spiral so fast. Here's a quick little test that uh, works for me and that I would recommend for any guy to try. Here's how to know if you have the right type of male friendship in your life. If you can get as excited or have as much clarity around going to them with a failure, with a shortcoming, with a traumatic uncovering, as you do going to them about a typical item where a guy might go to another guy about bragging about something or hitting them up about a win, anything on the opposite side of that spectrum, we should have as much clarity and excitement about going to them to share and to communicate this this obstacle as any other item we have ever overcome. And I think if we don't, I would challenge us to reevaluate that relationship. More specifically, I would challenge us to reevaluate why we only go to this guy or to these guys when we want to hype ourselves up when we want to share a win. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. We absolutely should honor our accomplishments, but for longevity and a guy to guy relationship and longevity and understanding the type of man that you are and the other types of men you want to keep around you, there needs to be that same level of, you know what, I'm struggling so much. I'm going to go 
I'm going to go to Cameron. I'm going to go to Patrick. It should be that easy. And I think if guys listening right now thought about that for a second, I'd be willing to bet most of us could not come up with that same person. If anything, maybe one. And sometimes that's great. If you can have that one person in my life, I do have that one guy that can be all that you need, but only you can really know that. That's uh, it's super important. And kind of even to go back on what you said is like peeling back the layers of the onion, just to be more vulnerable, to be able to articulate even what's a tough scenario. I mean, most guys I've personally, I've been in situations where I'm at a loss for words. I can't even articulate what's going through my mind based on some past issues, traumas, whatever. So I don't even know how to explain it. And I, I've kind of talked a little bit about my, my therapy journey uh, that, that started at the beginning in pharmacy school of realizing, saying something's not right. I left a career, went back to school, and I'm sitting here like, what the hell is going on with my life? And I had to run through probably six, seven therapists before I even found somebody that could even like scratch the surface. But I think a lot of it at the beginning was just the difficulty of me being able to articulate something effectively rather than saying, oh, well, how'd they make you feel? Well, I felt like I wanted to rip his head off, right? Therapists don't really respond well to that because they sometimes take you a little too seriously. So, yeah. yeah. Being yeah you able- know, I think the same thing could be said too, even in relationships, how many of us, if we're being very honest, and let's just think back for a second to every past relationship, every past romantic, intimate relationship we've had, um, and it, whatever that partnership looks like for you, if you are fortunate enough to now now be in a fruitful, happy, committed, mutually serving relationship, if we're honest with ourselves, is it not more so that this other person allowed for us to be the fullest us we could be. It's not, not as much like, Oh, you know, I, 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 this last person had six out of 10 things that I'm looking for. This person only had eight. You know what? Now I found, I found the one they have 10 out of 10 of the things that I'm looking for. Therefore it was never me. It was always the other partner. And I just wasn't good at finding the right partner. I'm speaking very personally here and I would challenge every guy listening to do the same. Every relationship that I was in before the one that I'm in now with my wife was me not being me, was me not knowing myself, was me not being willing enough to have, not having the courage enough to be vulnerable enough with myself, to be vulnerable with this partner, to let this person see fully 100% me inside and out. And so we not only struggle in that to have and to keep significant male relationships in our life, but intimate partners as well. It's the same concept, I believe. For sure. I mean, being able to trust the person, I mean, we've talked about it many, many times on the podcast, we get our our DMs or emails get flooded. You know, it just happens a few times a year where it's like, hey guys, um, I was vulnerable with my partner. I thought I was in love and now they're, using my vulnerabilities against me. It is a classic. I mean, you know, Cam and I can both go back and probably think of, I don't know, maybe at least 50 times that somebody's asked Mm. that. And I'm like, not even kidding. And it's really sad because you have a guy who's willing to put themselves out there 
who thinks I've found the person, just like you said, I found the person I can put myself out there with and then not anymore. Right now that could be a matter of, well, is that partner ready for vulnerability? Cause that's, that's something too. And I, I mean, we've seen posts and I think, you know, sometimes memes tell the harsh, harsh truth. The reality is like <laughs> I was vulnerable or I detached myself from my boyfriend because he started crying in front of me. I mean, you know, it's a meme, but it's uh, it, sometimes it tells the harsh reality as, as guys like us, you know, Cameron and myself that work with men and do the men's health unscripted podcast. I mean, we see it a lot more than we probably should. Hmm. That's really unfortunate, but also, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me because is it really any surprise that there are the same amount of people out there working on themselves um, at the same speed, the same rate and in the same timeline as we might be? And it's pretty crazy to think that more specifically, I think it's more crazy to think that that's happening um, in intimate relationships. Now, maybe it's getting better. I would like to think that it is, but just the probability alone is so against us based on how many people there are in the world. I don't care if you're in a small town or living in a major metropolitan city like myself, Los Angeles, with millions of people, just the number games alone are stacked against you. And I don't say that to be disheartening, but it's just a realistic fact. Here's where I would kind of give some advice. That's a challenge moment for sure. No one likes to be vulnerable. No one likes to lower their guard, lower that wall. No one likes to have their courage met with retaliation. And I've been there. Absolutely. It makes you want to shut down. You immediately subconsciously, instinctually make a, a hard benchmark. Your, your, your brain, your body makes this memory that this is unsafe. And so therefore we will very rarely repeat that or it becomes a lot more difficult and takes us a lot longer to even consider lowering that wall again. But if you can, like in many situations in life, insert what I like to call, this is old army chase coming out, a tactical pause. When we're out, you know, on patrol or doing whatever training, you know, we have this thing called a tactical pause. And it's a moment where you are, I would say, in a vulnerable state. Odds are you're exposed to the enemy uh, or any kind of opposing force threat, or even just within your own squad, it might be confusion around as to what's going on. You might feel lost, quite literally be lost. But by having this tactical pause, you allow yourself to take a breath. You allow yourself to just not try to run away from the situation like many of us probably want to. You allow yourself more specifically, you allow your conscious and subconscious self to be here now. You are taking back the steering wheel. You are taking back your power over fear, choosing the direction of your life. If you choose to sit with that fearful, that uncomfortable situation, you take that tactical pause and you allow your body to go, okay, we don't like this. This doesn't feel good, but you know what? We're here. We're not going anywhere. We're aware of this. Therefore, we're going to navigate this situation. We're going to get out of here as safely as possible. 
But in a couple situation, if this is how you're being met by your partner, here's a very hard, very hard thing to do, but I, I think a very promising and second chancing, if that's a word, thing to do, is like you said, we're giving the other person an opportunity to really see how that affects us. Many times, because they might not be on the same path we are, they might not have this level of emotional inte intelligence, they might never take a breath or take a pause in their life. They might, they might say things before they properly think them through. They might have too much ego in that moment. They might, they might be retaliating. They might be responding out of a hurt situation themselves. If you are invested in this relationship and you care about it, even if you, if, if not so much, and you just really care about yourself and your own growth, that's fine too. Give them the opportunity, give them the opportunity Maybe you don't even need to say anything. I promise you by having a tactical pause in many situations without even verbalizing anything, the other person, if they have even an ounce of awareness, they're gonna realize the mood change. They're gonna realize what they said, what they didn't say, what they did, what they didn't do. You're providing them an opportunity to rectify the situation. And I think even though we might've just gotten hurt, that is the direction we all want to take in our relationships because how else are we going to know if this is the one or if this is the one right now or if this is worth fighting for if this is worth any more of my energy any more of my vulnerability any more of my everything without giving them the chance without giving them the same chance that we are giving ourselves and i think if we can't do that then we probably need to do a little bit more work ourselves or there's probably an even bigger red flag as to why you're not providing an opportunity for growth or for rectifying that situation in your other person. Oh, yeah. And I think it's important to highlight that, uh, you know, background, that tactical pause stuff. That's something you take when you realize something's fucked up, whether it's yourself or, you know, mission, other person, something is fucked up. So it kind of gives you that opportunity to look in that self-awareness to see if you have it. And of course, a lot of people don't have that. And that's something I think a lot of the military benefits from is, yeah, we can kind of be shitheads, but we do have kind of a higher <laughs> level of, of self-awareness. Um, I've talked about it on the cast before, but like even my doctors have complained that some of my awareness and some of my like mental health stuff or other aspects, especially because we're educated in healthcare, um, they find it kind of irritating because it's not, I'm not helping them kind of like get to solutions. I'm like rationalizing and things like that. So it's, it's definitely something everybody needs to work on, but you don't need to get to the point where, you know, you're a cocky ass Marine being a dickhead. <laughs> so true, man. So true. I mean, I mean, I think it's such a great point. I mean, think about it. You know, your squad is, you know, confused as to the direction that you're going. You know, your partner is confused as to the direction you're going. How much more cohesive are you as a unit if you just insert a pause long enough for everybody to get their wits about them, to get their shit together, to understand the situation, and then for everybody individually, but also then collectively to make the best next choice. Instead of just retaliating, instead of just barking orders, instead of just reacting out of fear, instead of responding out of love and awareness, shit's gonna keep hitting the fan. And you're just gonna keep repeating the same cycles or very, very similar cycles in similar situations time and time again. But what you're doing there is you're empowering yourself and the other person to develop the next best steps. Now that might turn into steps growing apart, but I think what better way to grow apart or to have clarity around, hey, you know what? 
we're very honest with ourselves and each other, and we're just going in totally different directions. That is how you have clean, clean breaks and relationships. That is how you separate from a partnership with minimal damage so that you don't get stuck in that fear mindset again and not opening up to the next person that, you know, could be the one you walk down this lane with for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, the quickest, easiest choice could always be anger. And I think that you see it a lot with men where something happens and there's, I'm not going to say a lack of emotional intelligence, but maybe just an unawareness of emotion where it just goes from, okay, something shitty happened. Now I'm pissed. I love the tactical, tactical pause uh, kind of excerpt. Yeah, because that's Just, kind of a good point you're bringing up there. Because, like, we don't – I wouldn't say that we have, like, a lack of emotional awareness. It's just our spectrum is usually a bit smaller, and we're usually quicker to some emotions than others, and we'll bypass, you know, probably the more important emotions that are useful in relationships, and we'll go towards the anger. We'll, you know, essentially brush it off, and it doesn't go any of those routes at all. We don't really kind of – I don't want to say lack, it's just we, we definitely just kind of shoot to one direction really quick. Or any other any other way that we would share those emotions. I, I think most guys have a pretty good connection to their emotional intelligence. They just suppress them out of fear of looking weak or feeling weak um, or not being seen as the man that they think they're supposed to be. I, I think it all, a lot of, of those feelings are there. It's just we for whatever reason, are not giving ourselves permission. We don't feel like this is the time or the place to to kind of share that or to lean into that. And that's simply not the case. So speaking of uh, giving yourself permission, I think a lot of guys kind of go through that issue where you're faced with the person in the mirror and it's we tell ourselves it's not okay to fail. It's not okay to be weak. It's any list of things. How do you give yourself permission as a guy to experience these emotions and to experience, you know, just giving yourself permission and being able to do something? I mean, it's tough. I think it's probably tough for us. And we do the podcast, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's hard to admit weakness. It's hard to admit failure. I mean, I think for anybody, but especially for guys, because we're supposed to be the standard bearer here. I can attest to that too, Pat. Like, yeah. Even though we do this podcast, we talk about it all the time. There's still plenty of chances, plenty of instances that come up where instead of kind of exposing that vulnerability, you definitely, I still cover it up. You know, I still kind of keep it quiet and keep it to myself. So it's not like a, like a switch on kind of thing. So everybody, everybody hopes for the easy route, but it definitely does take more work. Yeah. You know, a couple of things come to mind for me there. One, and this might just be, you know, my unfair fallback for a lot of things, you know, my military training, um, you know, Cam, I'm sure you can relate. Now I just go to, did it kill me? Yep. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, this sucked. Uh, yeah, it, it it hurt mentally, emotionally, financially. It might have really left a dent in my marriage, some relationships. But you know what? I'm still fucking here. I am above ground. I've got all my limbs. I am in good health. I am alive. So I, I think regardless of whatever your background is, civilian or military alike, if, if every guy just adopted that immediate mentality, it's, I mean, it's a pretty strong one. It's a pretty uh, immediate mindset shift, but it could be what you need. Kind of this 
you know, false sense maybe of a motivation to kind of like snap you out of that situation, you know, whatever works. If you need that hard go-to, go for it. You know what? This sucked, but did it kill me? You're asking that question, so the answer is therefore no. Um, beyond that, I, I, I think um, I think what works for me personally, kind of getting very the humanization aspect here is that I've felt the ground before. I felt the bottom before. I have failed before. And any guy listening right here, right now, you might be going through a different type of failure. Maybe you're experiencing a different type or a different level of failure that you have never experienced before. And therefore, there is so much more fear and uncertainty around it. How am I ever going to get over this breakup? How am I ever going to find another job like this last one? Or how am I ever, how am I ever, how am I ever? What you're doing right there is you're stuck in future thinking. This is your body's fight or flight defense system going online, going it's, it's, it's anxiety, it's uncertainty over a future that the brain cannot connect to, because there is no relatability, or there's just a level of relatability that is so far different now that we, we struggle and we panic. What we need to do is I would encourage everybody to go back to that kind of tactical pause again, we need to override this system, we need to override this level of anxiety and uncertainty and just bring ourselves back to right here right now take a breath be where your feet are take a few breaths honestly and don't stop focusing on taking those breaths and looking down at your feet and being here now do not stop that until you can just oh okay cool i'm good like i'm actually good i'm good <laughs> I can develop a plan now. I, I, you know, I can think about this person that I need to talk to, or I need to take a step back from the situation. I need to de-escalate myself from this situation. Um, to kind of piggyback off that, I, I think most of us we're not giving ourselves credit for what we have been through in the past. Not to discredit what you're going through right now, and it might really suck in a lot of different ways. But I'd be willing to bet you have a relatability point to this you have felt the bottom before. We forget, because it's survival mechanism, all the difficult times, the painful times, the times that aren't rainbows and butterflies and all the money in the world or the best times in our relationship or all the PRs in the gym. How many times do we remember when we had negative $12 in the bank account? How many times do we remember when we got passed over for that promotion or when we got broken up or when we struggled for months to, you know, get any kind of, you know, wins in the gym, go back to those memories, go back to how you got out of those situations, how you improve those situations, because here you are now, how soon we forget the difficulties that we have overcome because they're unpleasant, because they're uncomfortable, because we think they don't serve us as much as the wins do. But to get out of that hole, to get out of that anxiety, and to remember that you can climb out of this hole again, you need to go back to every other fucking hole that you dug into every other fucking hole that you got out of. Oh, yeah, I like that. See, I call that. Uh, I've always had it worse. So that's always like my like self mantra, whatever, like shit gets kind of crappy, you know, post military. I always think back, like, I've always had this shit way worse. So that's, I guess that's kind of my version of my tactical pause. So like how you said, you know, did it kill me? Yeah, 100%. I have that mindset with everything so much. So like something bad's happened and you're like, well, shit, there's still tomorrow. Like, you know, in the in the, Marine, the military, in the Marine Corps, you still have to go to work the next day. You still have to do the next the next mission, the next patrol. You have to be there to support each other. 
So there is no time to sit there and kind of dwaddle and dwindle on this stuff and just kind of eat yourself alive. You have to get up, you know, dust those boots off and go forward. Otherwise you're putting other people, you know, at risk of danger, other things mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. yeah, we don't have that problem now. Like, you know, me spending 25 minutes being sad is not going to hurt somebody now, but being able to kind of look back, like I've always had it worse. Things have been different. It's kind of that opportunity for me to kind of clarify, ground myself back into this is now. And yeah, like you said, deescalate, formulate a plan, do whatever next step it is to continue moving forward. And yeah, hundred percent, like you don't really remember those bad times as much. So the stuff you see overseas, that stuff does stick with you, but it does fade. And it's not something you sit on every day. It does come up, of course, but it's not, you know, it's not as good thinking as the time you got the bonus or as, you know, when you got promoted or work or something like that. Um, definitely a lot of big brain stuff that we got to be focusing on because we do like, you know, as guys, we like to kind of just keep quiet and remember what we can remember and yeah. what they say. Like yeah. we like, like the status quo. But sometimes you got to get some wrinkles in there and shake it up a little bit. Yeah. You I mean, know, uh, I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say one quick thing that comes to mind here is um, we're only entitled to the work. And I think as guys, we might feel some kind of way about, you know, I've put in so many man hours. I've, I've lifted so, so much weight in the gym. So therefore I should go up. I've put in X amount of time in this relationship. Therefore we should be at this place. Or I put in this amount of time at my job. Therefore I should get this promotion or should, 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 should bring yourself, bring yourself. Well, my, I think my, my Southern accent just made a quick little guest appearance. Bring yourself back down and remind yourself that we are only entitled to the work, not any outcome. Yeah. I mean, kind of drawn on what Cam said a little bit is, you know, a lot of guys are, they're stuck in, in the rut where they can feel like, Oh, I feel sad because X, Y, Z, but you know, just like Cam said, you still got to go to work the next day. I mean, really at the end of the day, your boss doesn't fucking care if you're sad. Like that does, I mean, the only thing that's affecting is their metrics and then that's going to piss them off. So I think it's important to be able to get out of that mindset just because certain things you're not willing to, you know, lose a job or a relationship or whatever over, even though it's shitty and it sucks, you're not willing to lose so much. I mean, that's just adding insult to injury, right? Even more so. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's important for guys to be able to take that pause before shit really starts to spiral men, because men can spiral. I mean, I've, I've seen it with family members and even myself, like definitely in my twenties where I would just sit there and think, which is probably the worst thing I could have ever done. Right. But you can, I've seen men just sit there and stare off into space and they just spiral and then they're in a loop and it's all they can think about. And it is so hard to get off that hamster wheel. It is, but it's very, very doable. Absolutely. Again, I mean, uh, you know, Cam, you were hitting on something that I think is important for guys to take away here. And, and, you know, what protocol do you have for these scenarios? I think that's where many of us stay stuck and stay ruminating and, and don't know what to do is because, okay, if we can't motivate our way out of it, or we can't fall back on any past experience to navigate this same or similar situation, we need a plan. Why do we stay stuck? Because we don't know what the fuck to do. We're not sure where to go next. We're not sure what needs to be done or undone. What I would encourage guys to do here is to have a protocol, build your own, figure out, you know, is it a five second rule, a 30 second rule? Is it 
in uh, any any time that I feel this way, I'm going to go to this place where I do feel safe, where I do feel disconnected, where I can scream into a pillow, where I can walk in the woods, where I can phone a friend. You need to know a next step. You don't need to know all the next steps, but I promise you building a protocol for how to handle situations that feel anything other than amazing will serve you in dividends. We don't know what to do. Here's an opportunity to build a plan so that we know where to fall back to when these situations come up. Yeah, I think, I think oh, go ahead. I think those listening to the podcast, this is an opportune time to kind of reflect upon yourself and think about that. Right now you're listening, hopefully things are going calm for you. So you have a little bit of collected thought time to kind of piece together, you know, some hypotheticals, think about what you could do, what you should do for that plan. Because I mean, we can we can attest, anytime something happens where shit's hitting the fan, nothing is more terrifying than the person in charge, whether it's yourself, you know, for your own actions, or if you have a squad leader you're with and they just don't know what to do and they freeze. That moment where nobody's doing nothing is absolutely terrifying. Uh, we have this saying, it was ironic because it was in the Marine Corps. And then my first job getting out, I did security. And as a saying they had there, right or wrong, it doesn't matter. You need to do something because that pause, that freezing could cost everything. So take this quiet time, kind of piece together what you think you could do. And then maybe next time something's happening where you have to kind of really get yourself out of your hole, get yourself up. You have that go to ready to go. Absolutely. I, I think too, a few weeks ago, we had a family law attorney on. And I say that because it's, he actually said something that like really makes a lot of sense that nobody ever thinks about. So we were talking about establishing paternity if you have a child out of wedlock. Well, the steps to establish paternity are generally kind of uncomfortable for both parties. And his saying was, yeah, nobody ever does anything when things are going well. Mm. And that stuck, that stuck, and that applies to so many places in life because, well, no, things are going great. Why do I have to set up a backup plan? Like, that sounds dumb, right? I don't need that. And really, I mean, sometimes we do. And and when it comes to, you know, the, you know, having kids and stuff is very complex and being able to, you know, establish your paternity so you can see mm -hmm. your kids takes a lot of work. But it, it was super interesting to hear, you know, uh, that guy say, yeah, nobody ever plans. And and he said it multiple times, like throughout the podcast about, you know, personal injury. And, you know, he kind of covered a lot of things like, hey, when when men should seek, you know, help uh, legally. And he discussed, you know, personal injury. Well, you know, a guy might get in a car accident and they get out and they feel OK. But then two weeks later, now they have a bunch of injuries and it's past the statute of limitations. Um, you know, maybe the adrenaline's gone down. It activated something old. But in, in, you know, he said it multiple times for these reasons is even though something's going well, get yourself a plan, have a plan in place, ready to go. It takes the thought out of it and you can just start implementation, probably cuts a shit ton of time down. Yeah, I think um, it reminds me, uh, Cam, you can probably relate, you know, a lot of people in service have a go bag, right? It's this one pack that should you get called up for something in the middle of the night, you know, has everything you need to handle, you know, usually a couple of days. Um, I, I think guys need our go bag, you know, quite literally physically get a bag of shit inside there that you love, that is going to be a creative, healthy outlet, put a journal in there, put your favorite snack in there, put 
uh, a memento of a favorite time in there, put a, a tether, you know, it might be a necklace, it might be your dog tags, it might be, you know, your father's ring, it might be your grandfather's dog tags, you know, put something together, I think, quite literally and physically to, to serve you to shake you out of that, that uncertainty and that fight or flight or freeze. Um, it could literally be this go bag, uh, it could be um, a note in your phone, just okay, I need to just I need to just kind of remind myself of these two things, these five things that, you know, no matter what I'm going through right now, I am safe or I do have people that care about me might not feel like it right now, but here are their names, you know, have, you know, your number one person on your favorites in your phone, be that person. So you take as much guesswork and as many steps out of you getting from this fear moment, this uncertainty moment, this fight or flight or freeze moment to safety and security and a next step, you mitigate that as much as possible. You decrease that time necessary. I, I think there are a lot of different ways to go about it, but that would, I think, really serve a lot of guys. Yeah, I actually really like that. It's a pretty good idea. It doesn't have to be, you know, one of those big old SOG backpacks that all the boots had and some of the... You, know, you don't need a camelback with a change of underwear and, you know... No, you your, don't need that crazy stuff. So, <laughs> you might need you know, a change of underwear. If your closet is tight and you get a small bag <laughs> of your stuff together in a quick journal or something like that, that's a good, good idea. Take yourself to your nice spot. If you like to be outside, you know, find some shade. It's a thousand degrees outside, but, you know, maybe find some shade, take some notes down. It's kind of... Favorite a photo down. on your phone. I mean, I think it's one of the easiest things we can go to. If we can just see something, maybe it's a positive memory. It's our favorite place. It's a... A, a tropical place or our dream vacation or, you know, our kid or our dog, whatever, anything you can do to, to introduce a positive change state is going to show you at least a next step out of that situation. Oh yeah. And my, my go bag, I'm definitely packing like underwear. Like I'm going to shit myself every day. So that's just me personally. <laughs> I just really like the underwear. That's hey. all that's about really. Yeah. You can never go wrong with an extra pair of underwear extra pair of socks, extra pair of underwear. I, hell, I could pack an overnight bag on a trip. I'm still bringing three pairs of underwear and socks, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. That's how I pack. I grab just like a wad and like shit myself five times a day. <laughs> <laughs> it goes in the bag. So, uh, so Chase. The other parts of being a guy, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the real, the real men's health. Um, so Chase, uh, do you have maybe a couple things that that you do personally, that if you find yourself in an uncomfortable situation, that you're kind of your go to anything in particular, or do you list it previously uh, in the description a uh, few, few minutes ago? Yeah, definitely. A lot of the things that I've been talking about, these practices are my practices or a lot of things that I go to now, not all the time. Uh, I'm not perfect. And, you know, I do think there's a level of situational dependency here. It might be I need to, you know, I need to phone a friend. It might be I need to insert that tactical pause. And this only comes with practice. This only comes with repetitions because I am going to be, well, actually, in fact, I'm not always going to be the same me. The situation is going to be very different, but to some degree, I am not going to be the same person. My level of awareness hopefully is going to evolve. My physiological biochemical state is going to be more capable or less capable to handle certain situations. I might've gotten shit sleep. I might be hung over. I, I might be very anxious. I might be thinking about something uh, very stressful that you know influences that situation. So it's only gonna come with the reps and you're only gonna know which practice to apply in which, search, in which situation. 
by running through them. You need to kind of get those reps in. Um, one other thing I'll say that works well for me these days is a, a quick little mantra of you are exactly where you are supposed to be. And I think by me being able to remember that, to say it out loud, how I post it on social media damn near every day as a reminder to myself and other people, I think that's a quick mindset shift to go from unaware of my circumstances, maybe, or the other side of the coin, very uncomfortably aware of my circumstances, and I need to find a way out. I choose, I want to find a way out. I want to extract the gift, the message, the lesson, the teacher out of the situation, good, bad, or ugly. I, I love that because it reminds me to view as many things in life as possible as neutral events so that I become less and less attached to only positive, to only successful, to only happy-go-lucky experiences and to begin to develop some thick skin and to begin to develop some, some comfortability with the negative, with the failure, with the loss of money, with the whatever, the uncertainty in any situation. So reminding myself that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be really forces me to look at things as neutrally as possible, but also to make sure that I extract or put myself on the path to extract the valuable lesson here. That could be how to maintain this level of success or to make sure that I never make a mistake like that again. That old cliche holds true. Like every opportunity is a learning experience. And you've made the choices, you've, you know, wanted to do things, you didn't want to do things and sometimes had to do things, but now you are where you're at. And there's definitely no reason to kind of mope around and waste time not, I don't want to say being excited about it, but you know, there's no reason to not be proud about where you're at. Yeah, you may be in a bad spot, but you know, set yourself up to let yourself to remind yourself that this is actually not the worst thing that's ever happened. And I can move forward to this, you know, grab out that photo get that good feels going and then mm -hmm. take us up. Oh, but did Amen, you die? Brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you die. <laughs> but did you die? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's super important. And uh, I feel like this has been a super insightful conversation, Chase. Um, I really appreciate good, you coming good, on the show. Um, My pleasure. Any, any tips and tricks that you can share with our audience that we might not have covered or anything that you would like to cover um, to just kind of help the men out there you know, pull themselves up by the, when pull themselves up by the bootstraps when shit hits the fan. I think we've covered a lot, but a few other things that I would highly recommend to just really stack the conditions in your favor as much as possible. So we've been talking a lot more about, you know, kind of mindset approaches to problem solving and vulnerability and, you know, being more emotionally intelligent. Look, as a guy, we all know what happens when we get hungry, right? We all know what happens when we don't move as much as we would like to move when we get a shit night's sleep. I think humans in general, but definitely a lot of guys will put a lot of these just what's the term I'm looking for self care habits on the back burner, because maybe they need to burn the midnight oil, or they're just stuck wallowing, and they just forget to take care of themselves, or they put that on a lower part of the totem pole. If you want to get better, if you want to really be able to remember that you have a choice, that you're not dead, that you have this, this tether, you have this whatever hack that we've been talking about you want to apply, do not forget yourself. Do not stop taking care of yourself. 
prioritize sleep. I'm here to tell you, health coach Chase back in the game here. The number one most important thing we can do across the board to give ourselves a fighting chance in every aspect of our life, we need consistent quality sleep. After that, I'd be willing to bet most people are dehydrated. Get a glass of water, move your body, prioritize physical fitness, prioritize physical activity, take a freaking walk, get 20 to 40 minutes a day if you can. Do these just basic fundamental things, sleep, water, move your body, and eat quality food. I'm not saying which diet to adopt. I'm not saying how much sleep. I'm not saying which workout is best. That all needs to come on your own. These are things that you need to prioritize. You need to make your own and you need to stay consistent with. When you have this shit dialed in, guys, I'm here to tell you, life is still going to come your way. You're still going to have to eat a shit sandwich from time to time, but you are going to be so much more prepared. You are going to be so much more resilient. You are going to be able to engage in that conflict in a way that is going to surprise you, but in a way that is going to damage you less. Every time you go into the storm, you are going to walk out with fewer and fewer bruises, fewer and fewer scars, more specifically, less and less of a debt to pay, less and less of a debt to pay on your health, your longevity, your mental health. I promise you this. I think it's important. To, it, you need a combination of all of that because all of that together will make you pretty well-rounded. And it's super ironic that in the military, they'll tell you the same thing, but they'll keep you awake for three days. They'll feed you <laughs> literal shit sandwiches. And then they prioritize physical fitness as number one. So like yeah. you, you can go for days and miles. You're not sleeping. You're eating terribly. And yeah, you don't really see a lot of you do see some heavier people in the military, but you don't see a lot of them. And those are usually the jobs that aren't as physically demanding as the other positions. And they don't but, last long. You know, no. you only got a certain amount of time to make weight and tape before you're out, you know? Exactly. But all that stuff we're doing, we're burning ourselves on the other end, unfortunately. So then when you get out, you are a little more broken down. So while it's possible, it's not, it's definitely not recommended. Like you want to be that well-rounded person who can... Do as much as you can of all of it. Obviously, you can't. You know, don't expect to be one hundred percent on everything. No one's gonna be doing that, but except for Ding, probably. But um, <laughs> I don't understand that. But um, just try your best. Do what you can. Mm. Absolutely. And take note of what works. Take note of what works along the way. That yeah. is your secret sauce. That is your biohack. That is your morning routine. That is your evening routine. Take note of what works for you. Yeah, I think. Uh kind of going back on the, just the fundamentals, getting enough sleep, water, quality food. I mean, there's so many things that, you know, people on the internet or different docs or whoever, they subscribe to this like certain lifestyle. And frankly, you know, I'll say diet, something we don't really talk about too much. Like we say whole foods, eat whole foods, you know, eat quality food, but we can't tell somebody, oh, this diet's going to work for you. Especially if they're listening to podcasts, we don't know them. We don't know what their labs look like. We don't know anything about, right, you know, right, yeah. so it, it has to stay very general, but you know, for the most part, people get way too angry about their diet, especially when you start telling other people about it and stuff. So it's just kind of like off the table for us. It's more so, mm. you know, eat good quality, whole foods, stay away from the processed foods and the refined sugars. And really at the core of every fat diet of any other diet, like, what are you doing? You're taking away the processed food and refined sugars. I mean, 
So, yeah, yeah. You, you know, at, at the core of it, it's right there. You can look at any diet, any fad diet in the world, you can find the unhealthy side of it and you can find the healthy side of it. And for the most part, when you're there, when the, on, you're on the healthy side of it, you've eliminated processed sugar, processed foods, that kind of stuff. Mm. So I think that's like the biggest component, eat food that your body recognizes as nutrition, you know, yeah. the, you know, the sleep component, consistent sleep, you know, it's tough to tell people how much, how much they should get, but I really like the consistent sleep component. Um, just cause your body becomes used to it. That's the most important thing. I, I I'll tell you what, I'll boil it all down the last hour, our conversation here. If you guys want to take nothing else out of this conversation, but this do this, go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time, whatever that time is for you do that consistently. Give yourself a week, ideally 30 days, watch every other domino in your life begin to fall. When you sleep consistently, you are promoting an ecosystem of not just homeostasis, but a thriving state. Our body, our brains consume 25 to 27% of our daily caloric expenditure. Just sitting there doing nothing, your brain just existing takes up a quarter of your caloric expenditure. And it happens when you're asleep. So if we're not getting good sleep, imagine how shitty of a system is running. When we go to sleep consistently, we are balancing hormones, specifically cortisol and melatonin. We are therefore going to be contributing to better quality sleep. We are going to be lowering our stress state, dropping that cortisol. We're getting it into the proper timing so that we're not flying off the handle and being in a heightened stress state during the day. We are allowing human growth hormone to be released. Therefore, all the work we did during the day, physical activity, movement, exercise, is actually going to have a fighting chance to show some damn results uh, to repair muscles and tendons and ligaments. We are going to balance blood sugar. For many of us, that could look like no longer being a type 2 diabetic. For many of us, that could look like no longer being insulin resistant. That could look like lowering your fasting glucose. When we focus on sleep, the body wants to thrive. Sleep is the gateway drug to, I won't say solve every other problem, but give yourself the biggest fighting chance. Go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time for a month, watch what happens. Come back and see me in 30 days. I, anybody who says otherwise, let me talk to you because you're a scientific anomaly. All right. Well, speaking of which, Chase, where can our audience find you to uh, call you out if their sleep mission doesn't work? <laughs> <laughs> Slide on into my DMs. I'm uh, I'm hanging out and sharing, you know, what we've been talking about and so much more physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being on Instagram at Chase underscore tuning. And I dive deeper into topics such as these, um, you know, solo topics here and there, but really diving deep with uh, experts in the fields of of health and fitness, of entrepreneurship, of anybody that I see living a life ever forward, as I say, over on my show, Ever Forward Radio. Um, it, uh, it, it's an incredible platform that has awarded me just so much furthered continued education. Been doing it for over six years now, over 700 episodes, over 3 million downloads, and just, I feel like I'm only just scratching the surface. So if any of this information sounds up your alley, then I got a whole catalog for you guys to come check out. All right. Well, thank you for that. We'll definitely post that in the description. 
And uh, congrats on the six years. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank That's you. awesome. Six years is, uh, it's quite some time to be, to be putting out content like that and um, definitely made a name for yourself. So I appreciate you uh, coming on, taking the time chase and, you know, keep on, keep on keeping on guys. <laughs> Pat, Cam, appreciate you guys ever forward.